0: Valeri against Howard.
1: The full up is an easy tap-in for Diego Valeri. In swinger, and it's in the back of the net. He's taken a little nibble on the way through. And it's 2-1 Timbers. The pressure was mounting. So too was the corner count. And from one down, the Timbers are 2-1 up. And I think it was Blanco. Down the line to Polo. And he dragged this one back. And it's put in. And it's an 0-goal. Oh, no. Declan win. There's the final. When the Rapids have snatched a point. Tim Beers.
0: Woo.
1: I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. And we're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. A little soccer, a little skiing talk, and a little bit of beer talk. Yes. It... All rolled into one fine package. <laughs> you know what else is in a fine package? Dynamite. <laughs> funny that you should pick that out. That's my nickname. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dynamite.
2: Dynamite. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Pretty good. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a pretty impressive beer. Uh, It's a tangerine farmhouse ale uh, that's part of a, a special series. It's part of the what the cosmic uh, series that. Who's doing that one? It's a ecliptic. Yeah, ecliptic's got it. And it's a uh,
1: collab between Brooklyn Brewing and Ecliptic, and it's the five years, five beers, Tangerine Farmhouse Ale.
2: Definitely Tangerine. There's no question about it.
1: it. Says in celebration of our fifth year of passage through the awesome star system we call home. We're teaming up with five esteemed breweries to brew five beers of cosmic significance. Huh. Space can feel a bit lonely, so here's to making the journey with some friends. Brewed with Brooklyn brewmaster Garrett Oliver. Interesting. Yeah, there you go. Interesting beer. It tastes a lot like a
2: Sunny D. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely got a lot of citrus flavor to it.
1: Yeah, tons. packed out, but I think it works, and this label is fantastic. It's a shiny label. Oh, yeah. A lot of pizzazz going on, but yeah. Well, let's see. What's been going on? Well, there was a Timbers game. Timbers some, game. Some brewing. Brewing. Some
2: skiing.
1: A lot of skiing. Yeah. A lot of skiing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some brewery brewery visiting, not buoy. Bowie. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Well, let's jump into it. So those Portland Timbers highlights that you heard on the front side uh, show the three goals that we scored. Well, two goals that we scored. One they scored to give us an extra point. Yeah. And uh, we finished with a 3-3 tie.
2: Yeah, against a 10-man team. The coldest game in MLS history. Isn't that crazy?
1: That's nuts, dude. It's just when the game started, nuts. it was like the third coldest. Yeah. And
2: by the time the game was like halfway through... It was the coldest. The coldest on record. Tons of snow, too. I mean, the, the start of that game, the field was completely clear. By the end of that game, it was completely
1: covered. Yeah, kind of nuts. Weird, weird game and all that, so... Yeah. Um, takeaways from the game. Anything. We I know we talked a little bit about what can you take away from this particular game.
2: Yeah. And, and in that discussion it came up is, you know, it's really hard to kind of take anything away from that game just because it was such a an outlier as far as weather goes. Um, right. But once again, you know, there's, there's some things in there like last-minute goals that are scored against us, and we end up losing points, and we're down a man yeah you know, yeah. we're up a man
1: or we're up a man yeah, and
2: yeah. uh it just can't seem to get it done um and yeah i know weather plays a big factor in that possibly but they were affected by that weather just as much as we were yeah. I don't know. So I just uh, was, I uh think it was weird. Weather,
1: altitude certainly plays a role. Yeah. Guys are gassed. I mean, it does play. It's early in the season, so you're going to be more gassed right now than well, later. yeah.
2: And then you take cold weather into it, and it's even harder to breathe. So, yeah. yeah, super cold.
1: Did you see the Kai Kamara video of his frozen dreads? I did not. Oh. Ridiculous, dude. <laughs> like <laughs> full-on ice chunks up in his hair. Oh, yeah, wow. Yep.
2: So we had a ice Teletubby.
1: Yes. He was an ice Teletubby. I believe they call (laughs) him not Tinky Winky, (laughs) but Icy Icy. (laughs) He's blue. uh, He's the blue Teletubby. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, yeah, well, there you go. I don't know. For me, I can't take anything from the game. I mean, it was cold. It's one of those novelty games. It's much like that game the U.S. played uh, Costa Rica in Colorado, conveniently. Yeah. Um, that was talked about. I mean, a ton of snow, super cold, and it was just a whacked game. I mean, yeah. there's a way to like postpone that game and play a different day. That's probably what should have happened, but probably. they played. But
2: they, so they played it. So yep. Yeah, there you go. You well, get what we got.
1: Portland Timbers three, Colorado three. Interesting stuff. Again, we'll see what happens next week. They play L.A., and we'll draw some conclusions from that.
2: Yes. The good news is it wasn't a loss. Yeah, it wasn't right? a loss. Yeah.
1: So uh, we went over and visited the West Coast Drinkery. Uh, we were looking for a place to watch the game because of that blasted root sports. <laughs> um, the bane of my existence. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So I was reading some like stuff on trying to how to hack into Root Sports, yeah, and like trying to find a stream. There's nothing. Like I can't there's find. No, Jack. Yeah, there's, it's they've got it locked up pretty good. They do. So, but one of the things from the Root Sports people was like, "Well, all you cord cutters, now you shouldn't cut cords, right? Yeah, right. You should just suck it up and buy a package. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's coming." I'm telling you,
2: it's coming. (laughs) There's a storm brewing.
1: Yeah, well, look, the Timbers would be smart just to dump Root and say, look, we're out. I mean, look, you guys are bags, and we want our fans to see our games. Exactly. Um, And those guys, I mean, offer nothing to the fan base, right? So we get locked out of about five games, five to ten games a season. Yep. So... And it's bad enough ESPN. You got to get the ESPN Plus package thing. Exactly. But at least I can like log on and get that. Right. Right. But I have no options with Root. Right. Like I would probably pay the fifteen bucks or twenty bucks for the extra package, but like I don't even have that option. It's because they don't want it. Right. They don't want my business. No. They want to reward the cable companies. Oh boy, things are firing off, dude. Wow, who's calling? That's Johnny L. Ooh, the lady. He says smooth and malty. Oh. You know what that's in reference to? A malty IPA? Yeah. That's that's kinda unusual. And And it's a pretty good looking IPA. That's fantastic. Huh. Huh. We we had that to talk about, so we may have to call him and uh get him on the air here. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, so while we were over at West Coast Drinkery, we enjoyed some beverages. I believe I had two beers over 10%. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Your first one was served to you in like a brandy snifter.
1: It totally was a brandy snifter. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then that yeah, was a Deschutes, uh, what was it, Black Butte 30? Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, I forget what I had. Whoppin I had another
2: 14%.
1: And another little fine beer. And then I had a Cascades um, White Stout. Yeah. Which was interesting and good. So we've had that plenty of times. But yep. this, this one is a little bit... I tasted Dice You tasted Dice Yeah, there
2: was definitely a little buttery taste in there that I don't think they intended. No. In
1: there. No, this one was supposed to have some cream and some other weird stuff. Yeah. But this had some butter in it. It definitely had butter. Yeah, I'm not so sure what happened there. I mean, I drank it, but it's because I had those two... 10% <laughs> beforehand.
0: <laughs>
1: Made it so you didn't care. Yeah, just like, eh, that's another beer. So, uh, West Coast Drinkery, the Timbers Army Sunset Division, hosted a viewing party there. That's how we found out.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, again, looking for a place. We could have went to uh, Pacific Growlers. We love Pacific. But we're like, hey, let's try something out different. So. Was a pretty
2: good turnout. Yeah, what was there, 40-something people in there? Yeah, pretty much everybody that was in there that day was a Timbers fan. Yeah,
1: there was a lot of people that walked in and turned around and walked right out. Yeah. so Because they were not Timbers fans. No. And it's funny, the neighbor uh, came in, he's sitting in front of us, had no idea that we were even there. (laughs) Uh, He's like just having a beer with his wife and kind of watching a little bit of soccer, really not into the game that much. Yeah. And then Colorado scores and he starts clapping. Yeah, he felt out of place really quick. Yeah, what the hell's up with that, dude? Yeah. Come on, neighbor. He just didn't know. didn't know. So then he goes to the bar, and he, like, spots us, and he's like, hey,
0: guys.
1: Yeah, we saw your bullshit. You root for the Timbers, baby.
2: Yeah, and then he was nice enough to buy us a beer. Yeah, well, he bought Cameron a beer, too. (laughs) Yeah, didn't know that Cameron wasn't of age. Yeah, Cam (laughs) uh,
1: didn't drink the beer. We shot that off to that guy's wife. Yep. Yeah, so. Yep. Yeah, fairly good beer. What was it? Uh, consecration.
2: Um, I think it was. Yeah, yeah.
1: Fantastic beer, Russian Rivers. Um, a little bit of sour type taste to it. Yes, fantastic. Uh, kind of finish on the beer. So yeah, it, it wasn't it super
2: sour like a lot of sours are. It was. It was actually a, a pretty smooth sour beer. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was consecration by Russian River. Um and it was a decent, decent beer. Yeah. Um they defined it as an American wild ale. Um it certainly was soured. You talked about how it was very similar to onbox wild ale. Yeah. That one that you liked. Yeah. Some.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, but yeah, good times. Well, let's pause this bad boy. We'll come back with an interview with Bridget from the Timbers Army Sunset Division. Woohoo! All right, Timbers. All right, this is Jason with the Timbers. I'm with Bridget from the Sunset Division of the Timbers Army. That's right. Right, so we are here watching the game at the, uh, I guess, the watch party We're yeah. at West Coast Drinkery. Yes,
0: yes. Good.
1: So, what can you tell me about the uh, Sunset Division?
0: So, Sunset Division came from uh, two or three of us primarily who live in this southwest portland area that's legit southwest portland not quite tiger okay yes as opposed to southwest portland everybody thinks is downtown there you go and we were all looking like most people do for friends to hang out with to watch the game
2: okay
0: and after several beers and conversation we managed to pull together a group that we now call sunset based on the uh army division not based on the highway right and uh, we have a nice following family friendly uh, no drama, stadium language usually allowed, Good. kind of a watch group now.
1: Awesome. So, being a part of this group, is there like some sort of formal, like, hey, can I be a part of the group process, sign up, dues, or no. do you just show up and you can be a part of the group?
0: We are, we subscribe to the Timbers Army Morals, which is if you want to be, you are. Cool. If you want to follow us, we're on Facebook as of Division, and we're also on Twitter.
1: Awesome. So... Where do you guys usually meet? I saw IBU is sometimes a place that you guys meet. We're obviously at the West Coast Brewery, just down from IBU. Yes, yes. So, do you meet any other
0: places? No, these have been our two prominent places. They've been—they um, just opened us with—with with, uh, great welcome, and uh, they put up with our shenanigans. So it's been pretty nice being having two options.
1: Awesome. Good. So, are you season ticket holders?
0: I am. Are you are
1: good? Okay. So, are we? So, where do you sit?
0: Uh, well, I've been to Missouri Army up until this year, okay. and I've
1: just moved up to 219. Oh, wonderful! Good. Well, we got a few minutes left here in the game, so I thank you for your time. Thanks for telling us about the uh, the Sunset Division. Right?
0: We're so happy to have you here. Absolutely, yes.
1: yeah. We we live in Tiger, both of us. So, and we always usually meet at Pacific Growlers. So yeah. when we check the Facebook page, we're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Okay, yes. this is kind well, of
0: cool. cool. Well, we we'll hope to see you again for sure. Thank All you. Right, All right, take care. Take care.
1: Well, there it is. The interview with Bridget. Yes. From the Sunset Division of the Timbers Army.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: As you said, it wasn't in the best interviewing mood, but uh, we've managed to pull one out, and she was very, very She She's patient very with gracious us. about
2: it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, with that, thanks. Uh, wonderful time with the Timbers Army Sunset Division and Bridget's folks there. Um, certainly a rambunctious, I mean, cheers were breaking out <laughs> in the place and hooting and hollering and
2: a couple of very, very loud people that were like,
1: woohoo, you yeah. can definitely hear. So. It
2: was definitely a good representation of what you'd hear at the game. Yeah, definitely. If we were physically at like a home game. Yeah, totally. We'll have to go back and check it out some yeah. other time and
1: maybe try it when they go over to IBU or some of these other places. So. Right. But... Yeah, so I'm glad we pulled that off. And uh, it's kind of cool that we got a kind of a Southwest Portland division of the Timbers Army. Yeah. I wonder if there's a Tiger
2: division. I don't know. What would we call it? That I don't know either.
1: The Bull Mountain <laughs> Brigade.
2: Bull Mountain Brigade. <laughs> <Yeah>. The <laughs> Fano
1: Creek Navy.
2: Huh. Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to pull that one out and think about it. That's pretty mm. good. We can come up with something crafty. Something. Something. What about the the Big Al's Ballers?
2: <laughs> the Big Al's Ballers. <laughs> no.
1: I guess we couldn't do that. Could we? I that, don't think we could. That would be the sponsors on our shirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's the way we'd have to pull that
2: one. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we're going to get smacked around with a cease and desist. Yeah. They might like it. The Ballers from Big
0: Al.
1: Well, there you go. So if you get some time, check them out. They're on the old Twitter and uh, on Facebook, the Timbers Army Sunset Brigade, meeting for away games, and it seems like a pretty cool crowd. Yeah. All right, man. Well, finishing this beer here. Interesting yes, stuff. Very interesting. Farmhouse you, Ale. You had a brew day. Why don't you tell us what you brewed?
2: Yes. Uh, well, uh, most of the listeners are going to think i am just gone off the deep end again, completely insane for as much crap as I talk about IPAs. You did. Um, but I did brew an IPA. Uh, I took a recipe that I found for an American uh, IPA and tweaked with it a little bit uh, to the the grains that I had versus the grains that it was calling for, and switched up the the yeast on it and brewed it up.
1: And so what was the recipe that you picked out? I mean, you went to Beersmith, I'm imagining.
2: Yeah, I pulled one off of Beersmith, and it was a a competition American IPA that they had in there. Uh, so I just pulled that, that recipe into... To my little file folder and went to tweaking it with what I had and what I wanted it to taste like um, and came up with a what I thought was a pretty good recipe so we'll see um, brewed it out it it came in low on the original gravity so I don't know what went wrong there just I just didn't get the conversion factor that I was looking for but <laughs> I, I have noticed that the fermentation has been super super quick. Um the ending original gravity or the red ending gravity of that beer is supposed to be around like one point zero zero one. Um and I'm already at one point zero zero two and it's only been you know two two and a half days of fermentation. So the uh the, the yeast went nuts on that thing. Yeah, interesting. Um... So I'm interested to taste it because
1: you're not a big hoppy guy, but you got no. about five varieties of hops.
2: Yeah, I went with five varieties of hops. Um, they, I didn't go crazy with the amounts, though. Everything was under an ounce that I used. And some of it, uh, there was one that it was, it's like a, I used pellets. And with the, the ounces that I had to use for one of them, it was literally like one or two pellets. Hmm. Um, so I put about 10 in, but uh, just to get a little more of the flavor. So we'll see how it comes out. Fantastic, dude. I look forward to
1: trying that out. So we alluded to the fact that John and uh, Andrew, and I think we talked about it in the last episode, brewed their uh, Christmas presents for us. Yes. And yes. they did a pale ale or a IPA, a session IPA. Right. And then with John's, we did same recipe But we added um, an extra ounce of hops. And some extra corn sugar. (laughs) And some extra corn sugar, that's right. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, So it'll be interesting to see the difference, but John's tasting it tonight, as you guys heard. Yeah. And so we'll dial John here in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, those bottles should be just about primed to crack and open, and John's trying it out. So Well,
2: it's interesting you said it was malty and smooth, because usually you don't think malty with an IPA. Not at all. Well, so that's the interesting thing. We don't know how many Johns had beforehand. That's a very
1: good point. <laughs> very good point. He might have mixed some Jaeger and Schlager in Yeah, you in just there. never know. It's John. So he's probably at Scotty's opening it, too. god! God. That's what we need to do. We need to have a Timbers Army watch party at Scotty's. No, not at, no. Then we could be called Scotty's Wanderers. (laughs) No. Because every time we walk out of the place at 2 a.m. We wonder what the hell we were doing in there. (laughs) I wonder why I came in the first place. I wonder why. (laughs) So um, let's see. I was in Montana for yes. about four or five days yeah, and had the chance to do some fantastic skiing. Um, had the chance to go to Big Sky Ski Resort, one of the mega resorts, and then also did uh, Bridger Bowl, which is beautiful. And both are in the Warren Miller ski films and have all the technical crap you see right. skiing down these chutes and all that. Super cold, too, huh? Super cold. Yeah, negative nine at some point. Uh, I think both days were under 10 degrees when we were skiing. Um, And, yeah, it was some cold, cold skiing. But the nice thing when it's that cold is the powder is super, super light and fluffy. Oh, yes. It's not cascade-like heavy powder. No. It's light and fluffy stuff champagne powder and debbie had no problems and she fights powder no problems just gliding through the powder kind of sitting back and just rocking through it oh yeah so but while we we're there we got a chance to check out some breweries and actually that was debbie's uh kind of thing she mapped out two or three different brewers that she thought i would like oh that's cool um she was up there a couple days ahead of me yeah and So we shot off to West Yellowstone. Alaska Airlines lost my luggage coming in, (laughs) so I had no ski gear. They offered me the chance to go shopping, which I took them up on, to uh, replace my ski gear. And then because we blew a half day shopping, we shot off to uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah. Visited Yellowstone, which is kind of cool. Great and pictures. Beautiful snow. Um, everything's snow covered. The elk and the bison and everything had snow, and they're all there doing their thing. The hot springs are unbelievable, snow covered. Yeah. Um, so did that. But then on the way out, there's a small town called Livingston, Montana. Yep. And Livingston is this little beautiful main street, and it's got two brewers Neptune Brewing. And Cabotica Brewing. Cabotica. And Kabotica we visited. Uh, Debbie went to Neptune before I got there. And it's got this weird, like, seafood, like, under the sea type vibe. Huh. And, like, in Montana.
2: Yeah, out, out <laughs> landlocked.
1: Yeah. And it's just, like, like, the walls are blue. It's dark. It's, like, neon. <laughs> it's what you'd uh, totally expect from, like, a B-52s video or something. Like, rock lobster. Yeah. So beers were okay. She actually had a coffee stout that she liked there. But we visited Kabataka as we came through and learned a little bit about brewing and microbrew scene in Montana. And it's crazy because you are allowed forty eight ounces of beer at a time, and that's it, and that's then they cut you off. They can't serve you at that pub. At that pub, you got to go somewhere else. You got to go someplace else, and wow. yeah, and so they actually give you a little card, and they stamp the card at least at Cabotica, right? And so when, they can once track you had it. you've four drinks, you're out. Huh. So, and then Debbie had a she bought a liter bottle of a Mexican chocolate beer from uh, Cabotica, okay, and it counted as two. Wow. So yeah, I mean they're pretty hardcore. So that was my first experience with like microbrew, visiting a pub in Montana, and I'm like, this is weird, man. I got a flight, and the beers were good, huh? Um, solid beers at this Cabotica place. Um, the Mexican or the yeah the Mexican chocolate uh, leader they had was by far the best beer they had on. Um, but then we shot off out of there, and we went to dinner at a place called Ale Works. And this is a uh, kind of a farm to door or farm to plate type place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they don't brew at all, but they serve beers from all over the Montana region, plus some others. And then you get like Montana bison on their plate in their burger, or oh, yeah. like uh, Montana pigs or Montana huckleberry, and so so everything's got this Montana feel to it, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah. Um, but then. And It sounds like you get pretty healthy food choices. Oh,
1: very, yeah, very healthy. So, except Cam had a cheeseburger, of
2: course. Yeah, that's what kids do,
1: teenagers. But, but was it a bison cheeseburger? Uh, no, I think he actually had a regular cow. Huh. Yeah, so he was a little bit gun shy. I mean, when we went to, <laughs> we went to, uh, uh, Bozeman Brewing. No, that's not right. Bridger Brewing, yeah, and Bridger Brewing actually had uh, a pizza, and they had uh, bison pizza, uh, bison pepperoni.
2: Nice. And he
1: was like gunshy on that until he tasted it, and then he's like, "All right, I'm hungry enough. I'm eating
2: this." Well, and it probably didn't taste any different than regular pepperoni. No, it doesn't. I
1: mean, you overthink that crap, and you're like, "Oh, it's yeah. richer." And, yeah,
2: it's not.
1: No. So, so anyways, so then we. Um, we went one night over to Bridger Brewing, and Bridger Brewing's okay. Um, it's right on the Montana State campus. I mean, it sits right there. Okay. And so they got a huge, huge college crowd, and that's totally what they're going for. Oh, yeah. yeah. Edgy-type feel. They've got a stout that's pretty good. It's a bourbon barrel stout, um, heavy coffee in it, uh, a couple light beers that are okay. Okay. But the college crowd thing, I'm done with that. So <laughs> it, it, It'd be good, like, if I was about 20 years younger. Yeah. So Cam thought it was cool. But, of course. And then it was also snowing like crazy. So there was, like, six inches of snow on the ground. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of a crazy place. So yeah, we went to Bridger Ski Resort the next day after that. And shot came down off of Bridger and stopped at Map Brewing. And this is on our way out to Fly Out. And we had a time of our life at Matt Brewing. Really? So met this awesome dude named Howie Moore, um, our waitress, phenomenal waitress at Matt Brewing, phenomenal. She's a single mom, working her way through college, wants to be a physical therapist or an athletic trainer, phenomenal. Hooked us up with Howie, who is there, like, checking in on some beers, but on his off day, on a Sunday. Huh. Sat down with me, talked with Debbie and I for about 20 minutes, I'm a bonehead and didn't record the interview. Oh wow! But he really, really, really had the inside track on what's going on Montana, um, what's going on right with the brew scene in Montana, uh-huh. and it's not as collaborative in Montana, at least in the Bozeman area, as it is like we have in the Portland area. Right?
2: It's pretty cutthroat. They're kind of guarded on their recipes and yeah. There's not a lot everything.
1: Of, there's not a lot of collab going no. on and. It's pretty competitive. They're fighting for tap handles. Yeah. Um, and so part of that, I think, has to do with this brewery legislation, right? I think so, yeah. Right. I mean, here, everybody's kind of just helping each other out, and there's kind of a symbiotic thing going on. There, it just seemed to me like it's cut or dry. How many tap handles can you move yeah. and secure and cut out from the other people? Right. Um, and then they're also competing against the taverns, Right. So I guess that the deal with this competition and this whole 48-ounce 48, 48 rule is when the brewers petitioned to essentially start brewing and serving, the taverns got butt hurt because they're like, wait a minute, we they're, have to pay yeah. up to $100,000 for a liquor license. And because they bid on these liquor licenses, these yep. chance to do it, and they it goes to the highest bidder. Yeah. So they outbid each other on up. Well, the pubs didn't have to get a liquor license because they've got a special brewery thing going on. Right. And so the Taverns Association was like, that's bullshit. We've got to, we paid $100,000 for this liquor license, and these pub guys are just slinging beers. Yeah. So they can't serve any hard alcohol. They can only sling beers at their places. Right. It can be a 48-ounce 48 48 ounce A They limit yep. yep. And And that's how they do it. And huh. then on top of it, they're selling their beers back to these taverns. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting change, right? Because um, there's no, it, it's just fragmented, right? It doesn't seem like it's all working together.
2: Yeah, it's it's really when you've got different competing interests like that, that one feels like the other one's robbing business from them. Yeah, it, it's never going to work long term for everybody and, and eventually beer is gonna get super pricey like you're saying then then they have to figure out where you're gonna go after if, if you stop one in one place for four beers now granted you may be there all day and you're still only getting four beers right so then you got to go somewhere else and you got driving you got all that so it, it just makes it tougher on on the general public too
1: yep. Well, so there at Matt Brewing, I had a flight and then had a couple other little samples of stuff, and I was truly impressed with Can't Get Enough of Your Love, Babe, which is a brown air brown ale, imperial double, barrel-aged type thing. Huh. Um, and for a brown ale, I mean, it was good, man. It was a tasty, tasty beer, rented at a 425 on an untapped. And then I had a glass of their
2: Kolsch. Right. Because we know you got it. You got to judge brewery, but right? It's cold. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the Kohl's. I mean,
1: it was good, but it wasn't super clean. Um, I mean, I gave it a shot. And it was actually in a Kolsch mood because I'd been drinking dark the right. night before. So, um, but the thing that was best to show for me at MAP, and and I swear to God, anybody that happens to make it to MAP, and if they've got this on, um, fantastic, with a Chardonnay barrel-aged Saison. Really? Yeah. Dude, Nuts fantastic beer gave it a four five and um it's just fascinating with the chardonnay barrel the oak out of it the saisson kind of funkiness that goes with it yeah um it was a good good beer and because it was a saisson, it was lighter but you had that kind of imperial thing going on right yeah fantastic beer interesting so, yeah good beer uh the big dark was okay uh, they've got a thing for, and it, in the interview, he was talking about the hazy things hitting them. Right. Right. And they're like, oh, my God, all these kids want the hazy stuff. So we're brewing nonstop this hazy IPA stuff. Right. Or West Coast IPA type stuff. Um, and so I was like, used your question. I'm like, so what do you like to brew? And he's like, well, I, I kind of like the dark stuff and all that. But, so, but we talked about how big is too big for these breweries, right? Right. Uh, at what point do you lose control where you're no longer allowed to experiment right. and make some of this stuff that you want to make because you're just churning out trench down vibration or some of these other IPAs that are so popular right. that are the money makers. I mean those are the things that are run in the brewery. Yep. But yeah. you also want to introduce new stuff out there too. And so he, he was like, yeah, it's this huge balance. He's like, we're just busting out IPAs like nonstop. Like every day we're brewing IPAs. Right. And that's what everybody's buying up. And moreover, because they distribute, MAP actually self-distributes, uh, they're pumping out their IPAs out to these tap handles on the college campuses, the bars, that type of stuff. So, right. Um, and that's all the kids are drinking. Um, they try to move something like they're dark heavy or something like that. It sits a little while longer than the IPA. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, in, interesting stuff. Totally a different brew scene. Um, interesting that MAP is one of only a few people that are self-distributing in the area. Okay. And then the rest are using distributors, so they're fighting that battle. Right. Um, but, yeah, and he was like, I'm blown away Blown away why more people aren't self-distributing. So
2: Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Um... It, it, I think a lot of it comes down to like what you were saying, too, is the whole control thing. When you start going, you start using a distributor, they start telling you basically, okay, this is what's flying off the shelves. This is what you need to be brewing. This is what we're going to push. Yep. And so you, you kind of lose some of that control. So we went to uh, another
1: brewery called Lone Peak Brewing, and that was at the base of Big Sky Resort. It's in, I think, the town of Big Sky. Yeah. Um, little teeny place, probably double the size of this room. Um, brewing equipment in the back. The brewing equipment was manufactured in Portland and shipped up there. Oh wow, kind of cool. And um, they had a beer called Willie's Bourbon Barrel Stout, which totally stuck with me. I loved it. It was a four two five. And they had a couple other things that were okay. Their Pilsner was good. Their Swiftwater Pilsner. Um, their Class Five Amber was okay. Um, but I really, really like that bourbon barrel stout they had. Go figure, me and a bourbon barrel yeah, stout. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, I'm trying to see, think what else I had here. So I had a. Uh, that's what she said, cream ale. Really? Yeah, and so Debbie actually got that at Big Sky Resort, and everybody's getting this cream ale. So I'm tasting it, and I'm like, huh interesting it's a cream ale yeah but like it's 20 degrees outside or nine degrees outside and everybody's drinking these light beers <laughs> and so i went with this beer that map does and this is the number one beer for matt brewing and how he was talking about this but this strange cattle by matt brewing strange cat- so this uh farmhouse ale that we're drinking um almost looks like sunny delight this strange cattle beer yeah. looks like hun- hun- uh, Sunny Delight, flat out. Really? It's a hazy IPA, and it looks like, from the color, yeah, absolutely looks like Sunny D.
2: Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. So, Super yeah. hazy,
1: too. Gave it a four. It's good. It's drinkable. Very citrusy. I see why everybody's going. And because it's so hazy and it's got that milky color to it, yeah, everybody's going nuts, man. It's that whole Widmere of Hefeweizen effect all over again. Huh. So... Craziness. So but, they nailed it. Yeah, they did. They got one. And now that's they're stuck brewing this thing over and over again. <laughs> exactly. It's a, but it's making them money. Um, yeah, a couple other breweries up there that I didn't get a chance to check out. So I didn't get to see uh, Bozeman Brewing. Didn't get to see Outlaw Brewing, which I heard is badass. It's like totally this edgy Outlaw-type biker bar that yeah. has a brewery in it. Didn't get to check that out. Um, So there's always more times up in Bozeman, right? Yeah. But yeah, Yeah, the brew scene is happening in Bozeman. Um, It's funny, a few weeks ago, we were looking at some numbers as it related to brewing. And I was looking at some some numbers as it related to compression in the market. Right. Right. And Montana is totally oversaturated. Oh, yeah. You can't open a brewery in Montana right now.
2: And what's funny is you wouldn't have thought that. Right? No, right. Who it, would have thought
1: that? No. totally oversaturated. Yeah. And you know what else is? Wyoming.
2: Yeah. Like, Wyoming
1: is... But I think it's the population core. Like, you're in Cheyenne, and there's like five breweries in Cheyenne. Exactly. And for that population, that's oversaturated. It's super
2: oversaturated. Um,
1: and Portland obviously is. That's why we're seeing that contraction on the market. Yep. But, yeah, interesting stuff. So, well, man... Let's pause this thing out, and uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about some beer. Cool. I hey, just uh, tried that beer. Not bad. Is it not bad? How's the hops on it? It's it's hoppy, but it's not uh, overly hopped. Good. And is it carbonated? Yes. You know, decent head on it uh that's what she said yeah um let's see how it tastes a little after a few more days too bonus dude so how many bottles did you get out of that again it was 12 right yeah good so decent ipa we got to try that
0: yeah yeah i'll uh i'll have to uh have
1: a have a twig yeah, we'll have to do that uh, and then do a side-by-side with uh, Andrew's, right? Yeah. Bonus, though. Well, I'm glad that turned out, man. That's good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it was uh, pretty smooth. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not
0: too heavy. It's, um, it's got a multi-flavor to it, too. But cool. You can taste the hops, and uh, that's not bad.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm glad it turned out, man. Yeah, yeah, thanks. All right. Greg um, was talking about going to that bingo thing at Pacific on Wednesday. Well, let's, what's the bingo thing at Pacific? Bingo. They're doing bingo on Wednesday. Well, I'm in. Deschutes night. Deschutes night at Pacific. Bingo. Think, yeah. All right, I'm in. What All is right. it, 6 p.m. or something like that? I don't know. Okay. That's okay. Well, let's touch base later in the week, and we'll kind of go
2: from there. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks.
1: Bye. World famous John Lindquist. He has no idea. He was just on the air.
2: No idea whatsoever.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sucked him right in. Yeah, there it is. Yep. John Lindquist. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad that beer turned out. So Yeah,
2: it's awesome. And it It's great that he said it's a smooth-tasting beer because usually if you brew a beer and it doesn't taste smooth, probably not that great yeah no they did, they did so good. that's awesome well and the yeah.
1: nice thing is when the beer turns out you're more likely to brew again
2: right? no exactly so. so it's good that he had a great experience with that because then like you're saying he's more apt to want to do it again or maybe expand and, and go further in this so yeah
1: well that's good and then bingo night i didn't even see that. i'm not on facebook anymore so yeah I, I, yeah so yeah. bingo night bingo night That'll be the last Wednesday I can really go to do bingo night, so I might have to hit that up.
2: Yeah, Why? Because
1: we have soccer starting. Oh, that's right. March 13th, kids. March Summer Lake Soccer 13th. back. So, Skied Bridger Bowl. Skied Big Sky. Yep. I prefer Bridger. I knew I was going to pre- prefer Bridger.
2: Yeah, I think I kind of told you that. But...
1: Smaller Resort. Lots of technical stuff, but also lots of wide open, deep bowls, stuff like that. Tons right. of great powder. Uh, $65 lift ticket compared to Big Sky, <laughs> who absorbed three resorts to turn them into one. Hotels at the base, ski in, ski out. 155 bucks a lift ticket. That's pricey. Yeah, well, as I was saying, I'm like, 155 bucks. first of all, I have a hell of a time skiing one resort. Yeah. I, I can't ski three. And you're charging me for three. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, we went all over the mountain on purpose. But there was a ton of crap we just couldn't get to. And the only only thing I would say that was kind of cool about this place, they had a couple cool things. A, the terrain's phenomenal. Snow's phenomenal. View is phenomenal. Parking's phenomenal. Everything's phenomenal. There's no rough edges to this place. (laughs) Eight-person chairlift. But they have an eight-person chairlift with a magic carpet that loads you onto the chairlift. Yeah. And leather heated seats and a polycarbonate bubble that snaps around you as you go up in the lift.
2: That's automatic.
1: Yeah, it goes down and goes up all by its own. Yeah, it's nuts. And then I have a six-person one of those on the other side of the mountain. <laughs> and then almost all of their lifts have that little magic carpet to load your nice little happy ass up onto the chairlift. Right. So, fascinating stuff. Um, not quite sure it's worth the 155 bucks. Are you one of those guys that checks a cell phone on the lift? No. No,
2: nope. I'm not either. I'm yeah, not. I never I never do.
1: Hey, I got a hard enough time just getting my happy ass onto the lift. Yeah. Or hanging on to my pole so they don't drop. I don't have the patience and I don't have the attention to be able to focus on a bunch of other stuff.
2: Well, and the whole thing for me is I'm up there to escape all that crap. Yeah. I don't wanna be checking my cell phone when I'm up
1: there. No, literally I have this ski tracker app that I turn on and then I just leave it yeah, alone. And that's so. it. Yep. You know,
2: turn it on, pause it when you're when you're resting or when you're not moving or doing anything, then turn it back on.
1: One thing is that's if you it. don't turn it off when you go home <laughs> oh, then it thinks your top speed is whatever your highway oh, speed yeah. is. Going
2: totally messes that yep. up.
1: Damn it. No, Debbie's Debbie's shooting photos, doing selfies of us on the eight-person lift. Great pictures. Yeah. But she dropped her freaking glove. It's nine degrees, like probably oh, ten boy. below with windshield. Yeah. Drops her glove, and then she's just shitting a brick.
2: Because now you got to go get it.
1: Yeah, we had to go all the way down, and we get down there, and and you got to hope it's there when you get there. She had no idea where she dropped it either. She just dropped it.
2: Oh, Jesus!
1: So we had to ski the lift line all the way down. There's a ski race. She dropped it in the ski race area. <laughs> ski racers <laughs> she, took it down to the base of the lift. I found it, but yeah, still, I'm just like pain in the butt. Why do we got to take selfies? Let's not. Let's just enjoy it. Or if we stop at the top of the mountain, then t- pull the thing out. We all stand there. We take a picture. Yeah, but not the lift. Don't mess with it, dude.
2: You just have to be in the moment, in my opinion. I'm with you.
1: Enjoy the leather seats, the warmness of the heaters, heating my backside, (laughs) the polycarbonate (laughs) shell, blocking the wind. Blocking the wind. The only thing that's cold is my feet because it's hanging out of the polycarbonate shell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But, yeah, no, it was an interesting place. So the skiing was top notch. Um, gondola that goes to the peak from to the truly technical stuff. Right. Um, so you take this series of lifts up, and then there's a gondola station that literally goes up. I have a picture from underneath it. Yeah, And saw that one. crazy, crazy, like wicked steep runs, narrow chute type stuff. Hour and forty-five minute wait to get to go on the gondola.
2: Holy smoke. They allow
1: two to three people on the gondola to get to the top. Yeah, it's nuts, man. Wow. Yeah. So we didn't go in the gondola, let alone go to the gondola and then like, get up there and go, yeah, we're really not skiing down.
2: <laughs> so now we're <laughs> going to ride back down.
1: Versus Bridger to get up to their ridge line. Again, same thing. You get up to the ridge line, it's all technical going to get back down. Um, but they have a T-bar that goes up. Yeah. So you take the lift up, 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 and then there's a T bar that brings you up, and then it's like, oh shit, now I gotta ski one of these chutes.
2: So, exactly.
1: Yep. So and it was deep powder, beautiful, and then the light got all funky at Bridger, but Yeah, um,
2: that's that's not good when the light goes flat in places like that. Yep.
1: Twenty minutes to get to Bridger, hour and I'd say hour and ten minutes to get to Big Sky. Mm. I'm ski- so Bridger's Obviously uh, quicker. 65 bucks, 20 minutes away. Yeah. 155 bucks, an hour and 10 minutes away. Nuts. I'm going to Bridger. Yeah. So I started looking at property around Bridger.
2: <laughs> Shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look out. Property's really expensive around Bridger. Gee, you think? Yeah.
2: <laughs> probably a lot like the property around jackson
1: yeah it's got ridiculous i'm like who the hell are all these people buying the property and jacking the prices
2: all the people from california yeah
1: that's exactly what's happening in colorado and all these places yeah people you just need to stay there let me move somewhere (laughs) let me be the be let me be the parasite Yeah, yeah sucking off that so anyways well maybe cameron will go to school at montana State and then That'll give you more reasons to go over, right? Well, I sit in Portland and listen to a bunch of protesters whine about this. (laughs) Whine about that. Jesus. They don't have any. You know what they do to the protesters up there? They bury them in Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah, they don't deal with that shit. It's crazy. Yeah, well. Oh well. Well, what else you got, buddy? Nada.
2: You got nothing? I got nothing.
1: This is a short one today. Yeah, I'm
2: a whole lot of nada here.
1: I've uh, got the new copy of Zimmergy here, the homebrew magazine from yeah. the American Homebrew. And uh, in it, they're talking about the Homebrewers Conference. Ooh. Yeah, and there's a big, huge article thing on it and saying, hey, don't forget to register for the Homebrewers Conference Where's that year. one at this year? Isn't it in Vermont?
2: I on, think it was. Yeah, somewhere.
1: It's on the East Coast, I know Somewhere that. East side, yeah. So, um. East side of the United States. Yeah, so that's one of those things we probably need to look and. If I remember right, though, it was like
2: June, right? Yeah, it, it it had a funky timing. Yeah. Um, and I also noticed. I think I think I saw something on Facebook today. You, you're not on there, so you don't see it anymore. But uh, the Micro Brew Fest is coming up again as well.
1: Yeah, well, I actually had that down to talk about as like festivals. Yeah. So we need to get in a festival. And actually, there's a whole um, section in the Zimmergy magazine about home beer, homebrew competitions. Huh. And uh, it's got a whole list of stuff, but we need to pick a couple to get into. The state fair I saw is um, getting ready to post their rules for this year's, too. Wow. So, and I think at the very least, I'm entering that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we got to pick out something and enter it. So, Put a beer
2: in. Yeah. Just see how it does. You know what I'm going to put in? Butter beer. Just the tip. <laughs> yes. Of root,
1: root beer, right? Of the root beer. Yeah. No, I'm going to put in a butter beer.
2: Oh, my God.
1: I'm going to call it Blue Bonnet. <laughs> Blue Bonnet.
2: Slather this on your corn, kids. Yeah, I'm
1: starting a new style. Screw all you people. Boy. You know what? You guys try
2: to avoid diacetyl. Yeah.
1: I try to make it. diacetyl. He to, to beers. make it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know it's gonna be sad. You're gonna try and make it, and you won't be able to get it.
1: Yeah, right. I'm gonna have a crystal clear be like, freaking you cream sons out. Sons of bitches. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, Die-Siedle's my. Can't get my damn butter beer. Bane of my existence. <laughs> so there's a beer in here called Sati. S A H T I Sati. And that's the whole thing. It's a Finnish type beer, basically brewed in a bucket. It looks like. So. <laughs> and. Um, so, yeah, I've been think I've been toying with this. We talked about this at uh, Zwickle, toying with this idea of uh, looking for some beers that have kind of gone out of vogue. People aren't brewing them anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of what they focused on here is Kind this of Saudi them back. Beer. Yeah. I mean, it's something that was kind of extinct. and Yeah. Uh, so they're using modern grains, not the stuff they had up there in Finland, but. Right. Yeah, interesting to say the least. So maybe that's what I take to the state fair. Something they can't even classify. How can you not give me a gold medal?
2: Because it if it's, you can't It's in a class of its own. That's
1: right. Automatically get a class. Automatic. But because Zimurgy now has an article, I bet everybody starts brewing sodis.
2: Oh yeah, probably.
1: Hot sodies.
2: Hot sahi. <laughs> so, so all right. So let me guess. You're going to do a butter beer that has. Um, oh, what's the. Uh, what's the spice? Saffron. Yeah. A butterbeer with saffron. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Have you ever tasted saffron? Yeah, it, it, it's what gives curry its kind of a distinctive flavor. Yeah, it gives curry its pop, right? Yeah, so. and I'm real not a big curry guy. But you know what?
1: I think I'm going to use, I'm going to take a pinch of saffron and just put it in my cheek.
2: <laughs> like a chew in it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's gonna be expensive. Yeah, at a hundred bucks an ounce or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's it's <laughs> pretty
2: pricey. Yeah. Well, you
1: know what? That's what we do.
2: <laughs> Us guys that
1: are do looking some, for property up in Bozeman. Crazy ass stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna move to Bozeman and start a saffron farm. Start selling it in chew pouches? Yeah. Like skull. That's right. It's gonna be the world's most expensive skull. There you go. Saffron chew. Saffron chew. But it's gonna be rich. You're gonna feel like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I guess each crocus flower only produces two or three stamens or pistols or whatever the hell you gotta clip yeah. out of so. Yeah. So, yeah, you gotta think of how many freaking flowers you gotta have. You gotta, gotta have a big farm. And a lot of scissors. A lot of Because they only last for a couple days, dude. Yeah. It's kind of like me, I only last for a couple minutes. <laughs> No. And on that note, well, I think that's all we got, buddy. Yep, that's it. Let's close this bad boy out. We'll come back next week. Uh, Timbers play L.A. I have to find a place to pull up and watch that. Actually, the game's on my birthday. Debbie told me. So there you go. So yeah, happy birthday to me next week. And little birthday watch. um, Saturday, I'm skiing up at Ski Bowl. So Debbie's uh, work is doing a big event up at Ski Bowl. And so you should think about going with us because yeah, we're skiing maybe. up there. Yeah, um, we got to be up there by three, and then we're skiing till dark, way dark. So. Oh
2: yeah, so you guys are doing the nighttime session?
1: Yeah, they're doing nighttime session, and yeah. again, bunch of people from our work. But yeah, if you're interested, like let's blow up and go do it. So hi, right. um, we'll throw the skis in the back and run up there, get her done, get her done, play some skis. All right, man. Well, let's uh, get out of here. Tim beers, Tim right. beers.